not all right, and we don't have Le'Veon Bell. Welcome to the show. It is Wednesday, November 14th. Adam Azer, Jamie Eisenberg, and Heath Cummings. Well, not that much time left to make trades in your leagues, although based on all the fantasy regulators' questions I've been seeing, there are definitely still trades being made. So we'll talk buy low, we'll talk sell high. I will update you on the uh, players with good and bad schedules. Y'all want to know which DSTs to pick up. And, of course, all right, uh, so in how many leagues did you drop Le'Veon Bell last night, guys? The last one that I had him in. Uh, zero. Wrong, Heath, but thank you for taking interest in our For the People League. Well, actually, I'm not sure that our claims went through, but we did try to drop Levy on You made transactions without talking to me about them first? I, I put in waiver claims, that's all. Man, so you're dropping people without asking me. I dropped Levy on Bell. Uh, Jamie, uh, how many leagues did you start with Levy on Bell in? Uh, I drafted him in two leagues. I traded for him in one. Which was obviously a disaster. I still have him in that league because I, I just stopped paying attention. Um, so you yeah, stop I paying him attention. In. Well, not... I, I shouldn't say that. I stopped. I stopped uh, making waiver claims on the first night of waivers because I'm out of it. So I don't like to be rude to other people. I just want to make sure I have a competent lineup that I'm not losing. Is that rude to other people if you're out of it to make waiver claims? He. Well, I mean, I have enough guys to start. Okay. I don't think it's rude, but listen, I. We get 19 leagues. You got to go through the waiver process, which is absolutely terrible. <laughs> um, like there is a little bit of joy in saying, "Oh, I don't have to do it." In that I league. know. Yeah, I was kind of. Oh, hoping, I only have to do it in 16 leagues this week. I, I was kind of hoping I would lose it a couple leagues last week, so I could I could do that same thing. But I wanted. Oh, uh, it won't be poor me. Anyway, the big news: Le'Veon did not report. Mike Tomlin says the arrow is pointing up for Jalen Samuels, but James Conner is expected to practice today. But it does appear that Samuels would be the guy that you want to, uh, if you're looking to handcuff, handcuff Connor with. The Chiefs and Rams game, uh, has been moved to Los Angeles. I'm happy about that. And I think we all are. We didn't want to see them play on that crappy field. So, kind of stinks for, for Mexico City. I, I do feel bad for the fans there. But hopefully they can make it up to them. And Stefan Diggs practiced and said he will play. They are at Chicago on Sunday night. We will have more news for you later in the show. Let's do buy low and sell high. Heath Cummings, who are you buying low on? Alshon Jeffrey. What? No, I was just joking. I just wanted to mess with you. <laughs> I am buying low on AJ Green. Okay. There are a lot, I'm certain, of AJ Green owners out there who now find themselves in must-win situations. Because I am a cup in a couple of those leagues where I am that guy. But in leagues where I'm seven and three, eight and two, I'm trying to go low ball the guy who has AJ Green to give them a chance to make the playoffs and make my team awesome in the playoffs. How confident are you that Green is back by, let's say, next week? When, well, when do you think he will be back? That's that's why I said, like, I think there's a chance that he's back after the Baltimore game, and really missing Baltimore, that's that's perfectly fine. But that's why I said seven and three or eight and two or nine and one or ten and zero, um, because I want to buy low on him in a situation where I don't need him until week fourteen. And you are, are you are think you know you think it's okay to trade for a guy who's got this foot injury? Was it ankle? Um, you, you know you think he'll be healthy? You're confident that he'll contribute? I, I'm hopeful that he'll contribute. Okay. All well, right. This is not a Oh, AJ Green will be safe in your lineups. This is a, the upside is you're dominating people in the playoffs because you just added a number one wide receiver for something less than that. Okay. Did you have another buy low or can I go now? No, I only did one this week because you made fun of me last week when I tried to add more to the show. <laughs> I didn't make fun of you. I was yeah. very happy. Oh, he, it. who are your six guys? <laughs> uh, alright, my guy was Alshon Jeffrey. Which is why I was like, what? When he said that. Um, I just think that his three bad games, I said this on Sunday night show. His three bad games have come against three of the four best teams against wide receivers. That was Minnesota, Jacksonville, and Dallas. His remaining schedule is much, much better. At New Orleans this week, they allow the most fantasy points to wide receivers. The Giants next week, Giants actually are good against wide receivers, but I'm not really buying it. And he had eight catches, 74 yards, and two touchdowns in the first meeting. The Redskins after that, they allow the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers. They've been bad against recent number ones. 
Then Dallas in four weeks. Maybe that's a bad game for Alshon Jeffrey. The Rams after that, that would be in week 15. The Rams are allowing the 12th uh, most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. And then Houston in week 16. If you look at Houston, you see they've given up the sixth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, but they really haven't faced good ones. Uh, Beckham and Hilton both went over 100 yards. So I think Jeffrey will take advantage of a good schedule. And uh, if anyone's panicking because his last two games have been turds, I think uh, Alshon's going to uh, be very, you know, not not great, but certainly pretty much a must start for you going forward. Jamie Bilo, Stefan Diggs. Dang it! I was really hoping you were going to say Gronk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could just say Gronk, you know. Uh, Gronk. <laughs> How confident are you in Gronk? Um. If he's healthy, I will start him every week. So if I can get him cheap, I will still trade for him. I'll say two. All right. So why Diggs? Well, I I think you know you, you look at his recent production. Obviously, it's been a little frustrating, and now he's been hurt. Um, I guess his last game was great against New Orleans, but um, last year he closed the season on a tear with a touchdown in three straight games. And I still believe in this passing game. I still believe in him. Uh, he's been getting you know. Uh, certainly a healthy amount of targets, 26 in his last two games, at least 11 in four of his last five. And he closes the season, which I don't, it's not a very daunting schedule. Um, Chicago's tough, but not really terrible against opposing receivers, but Green Bay's easy. I don't really fear New England. I don't fear Seattle. I don't feel my, fear Miami and I don't fear Detroit. And those are his games going into the fantasy championship week of week 16. Alrighty. So that's Stefan Diggs. So we gave you three receivers, AJ Green, Alshon Jeffrey, and Stefan Diggs. How about sell high? Heath, who are we selling high on? I am selling high on Leonard Fournette. Well, now I gotta find another one. Oh, I got him! Yes! Um, that was awesome, the work that they gave him in that game. But I, he has not been a very efficient all year. He was not efficient in that game. He has not a great schedule. The defense has not looked as dominant as it has in the past. I, think he's a fine number two running back that you're going to start the rest of the year as long as he stays healthy. But oh, man. Okay. I would much rather have Nick Chubb. I would rather have – I think I'd rather have Philip Lindsay. I'd definitely rather have Aaron Jones. I mean, they, they did give – they did lose their center, Brandon Linder, for the year. But he just got 29 touches. It doesn't matter how efficient he is. He's going to score so many of their touchdowns. You know, really? Yeah. You both? You both were going to go with Leonard Fournette as a sell high? I, 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 I well, see him I, as a I hold. Think, I, I don't know if you're getting Nick Chubb for him. You might be able to get Aaron Jones for him, but you could probably get something that's comparable to where Fournette will finish and may have more upside. G- give me like somebody. Like Phil Lindsay, I think is a great suggestion because he's coming off of his bye week, so you sort of have out of sight, out of mind. And someone's going to see Fournette 29 touches and say, wow, I, I I can have that. But I do think the Linder injury is important because he's been such a key cog to that offensive line. And to Heath's point about the defense, if they're going to be chasing points, you better hope he's getting five catches a game. Well, I I don't think that trading Fournette for Philip Lindsay is a very good trade. I mean, No, it, but you could probably get Lindsay in something else. Right, you need something else. It, it I'd, might, I'd, like, it might... Go get A.J. Green and one of those – Plethora of number two running backs that are kind of flexish guys, both. <laughs> All right, uh, Jamie, you like got Lamar a, Miller, AJ Green. Do you have another sell high, Jamie, or, or uh, did he throw you off? Uh, he threw me off. Well, I'll, I'll I'll look if you have one. Well, I I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I still feel like Manning's getting benched at some point, and Beckham is is the guy I was going to ask about. You know, sell high on Beckham. He's just he but their is, schedule's so easy though. I think if he doesn't, if Kyle Allett is their quarterback, I think he's gonna really, really. No, I, what I mean by that is Eli can play well. Yeah, their schedule is not that easy. It's easy this week. It's got Tampa Bay, then it's at Philadelphia, Chicago. Which is not a bad matchup for a quarterback or receiver. I mean, it's true. And last year he threw like fifty something passes and had a good game at Philadelphia, but typically he's terrible there. No, it's it's just a matter of they are not going to make the playoffs. They need to they need to see what they have. You tell me. Should we sell high on Odell Beckham? I, I mean, you have to get two superstars. Two two stars or two super? Yeah, I don't know if you can get two superstars, but 
like I would have to get something like I would take Philip Lindsay and AJ Green. All right. Yeah, I mean it's a tough call cuz I he's just so dominant right now. And you and and listen, I know your concerns about Kyle Letta that he may not have the arm strength to get the ball down the field. But we don't know. No, he doesn't have a big arm, but but it's not that. It's he, Eli any, doesn't have like did you see Eli try to hit Beckham when he beat two guys deep by yeah, 10 it yards? Yeah, bad throw. But any any rookie quarterback coming in, especially one that's not highly touted, is going to struggle on the Giants, you know? So Look, when when Ben Roethlisberger gets hurt, Antonio Brown's numbers suffer. If Kyle Lalletta comes in, Beckham's numbers are going to suffer. But Ben Roethlisberger is good. But Manning is a better quarterback for Beckham than you give him credit for. I, we don't. We I don't think we know at all. I know. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know why you would think you know, but that's fine. He's he's. Ugh. Uh, Jamie, any, anything for you? <laughs> no, I got nothing. All right, let's, pro- let's promote a few things. We got some great podcasts right now. CBSSports.com is, is pretty committed to podcasting now. We've got something in just about every sport. Um, so please go to CBSSports.com slash podcast. I told you about the season, 2008 Steelers. It's a week by week sort of chronicle of, of, uh, that season, that Super Bowl run. Going through each game, giving you insights about the locker room, funny stories. Uh, Heinz Ward is this week's guest, so it's called The Season, 2008 Steelers. You want to subscribe, you can go to cbssports.com slash podcast. Please watch Fantasy Football today, noon Eastern, Monday through Friday, and 10 a.m. Eastern on Sunday until kickoff. Uh, that's on CBS Sports HQ. Make sure you download CBS Sports HQ. It's on the CBS Sports app is what you download, and then you watch CBS Sports HQ. So if you're a cool person who is uh, cutting the cutting the cord with your cable company and you're downloading all these apps, the CBS Sports app is what you need, and CBS Sports HQ is on there. And if you want to watch games on your apps or on your – I watch on my computer every week, go to cbs.com slash NFL. Get CBS All Access. You can get a free trial. cbs.com slash NFL. You can stream your local game. All right, we got a new segment for you. Seinfeld themed segment. It's called What's the Deal with? I tried to cut some clips, but it wasn't that easy, so I have this. And what's the deal with this kind of cuts off. Um it, but, actually your what's the deal with was better than the clip. So you think I should just do it do me? Oh well, maybe we'll every time. We'll alternate. Alright, so I'm gonna ask you about some players that are Interesting, struggling, set up for good finishes, bad finishes. You tell me what you think. So, and what's the deal with Aaron Rodgers? What's the deal with Aaron Rodgers, guys? I mean, it's been it's been a little frustrating. Obviously, he hasn't had the type of season that you would have hoped when you drafted him as the first quarterback or one of the top three quarterbacks, depending on how your league went. You know, the knee injury clearly was a problem, but I still have a lot of high expectations for him to finish the season strong, and um. Our colleague, Pete Prisco, drink, said that he expects him to go off this week against Seattle. He's now had, you know, 21, 22 fantasy points in the last two games, but that's not what you were hoping for. I, I mean, I, I, I think you're, you know, you're looking at the, the next few games, the, the matchups aren't easy if you buy into Seattle's defense, but obviously Minnesota in week 12 and Arizona in week 13, their path defenses have been proven. Um, I mean, you can make a case that his name will still be a sell-high candidate if you want to try and go that route, but I would still be starting him across the board if I own him. All right. Yeah, I mean, he just, like last week I was saying, oh, he got to buy low, he got to buy low. He's on pace for his most pass attempts ever, his most passing yards ever. And then he had a a pretty disappointing game. Um, 17 fantasy points, 22 fantasy points, and 21 fantasy points in his last three games. Not good enough. It's It's almost like, you know, at least my expectation was, they were going to just route Miami. Yeah. And in essence, they did just based on the, the point differential. But, you know, I, I thought it would be Aaron Jones getting you one and over 100 yards rushing, and Rodgers would have two or three touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, what's the deal with Doug Baldwin? You know, Doug Baldwin said last week was the first week this season which he did not feel knee pain. He went out and had five targets, five catches for only 39 yards, and he basically has two good games this season. Uh, what's the deal with Doug Baldwin? He's got the Packers on Thursday, and you got I got the schedule's actually pretty good for him, but what's the deal with Baldwin? Uh, I think he's the number two wide receiver on his own team. The problem I see for Baldwin 
is that they aren't throwing the ball enough for him to get eight, nine, ten targets in a game and just dominate in PPR. And so the the way to be good as a receiver in this offense is to be the big play threat. And Tyler Lockett is clearly the big play threat. Okay. So do you have confidence in Baldwin rest of season? He's a fine flex. I think he's number three receiver in a league restart three. Um, I'm I'm hopeful that I mean look we saw Russell Wilson have to ramp up the attempts the last couple of games, so maybe that's a sign of things to come with how this team is trending. You know if they do get eliminated from playoff contention, which could happen soon this week. Oh uh, no, Sorry. well from, from the, the division, division. Yeah, they yeah, think yeah, eliminated, yeah. but Not you know most likely they're going to miss a wild card also. But uh, you know you wonder what direction they go with some of their younger guys. All right, guys, a uh, question for you. And what's the deal with Elijah McGuire? What's the deal with Elijah McGuire? Is he just like a complimentary back, or is he a potential uh, workhorse for the Jets? He is currently a complimentary back that has the upside of being a workhorse on a terrible team. I don't know if they're going to completely bench Isaiah Crowell, but at some point they got to go into discovery mode and see is is he a piece for them next year in terms of McGuire that they can really feature. I think you just, you know, if you just look at it, He's been a poor man's Bilal Powell. And that's not saying you're going to, you know, start him every week by any stretch, but if they come off their bye week and he has a productive game, I'd put him in the same category what we said yesterday about Josh Adams as someone who can help you down the stretch. Okay. What's the deal with Alex Collins? Alex Collins is the number 24 running back in non-PPR, number 25 in PPR. He has a brilliant schedule coming up. I talk about it every week. The Ravens schedule is just so good for fantasy. His, here's where his next, um, six or seven opponents rank against running backs. 30th, 27th, 29th, 32nd, 24th, 13th, and 26th. Uh, that's the rest of Collins' schedule. He just doesn't get that much work, but he scores touchdowns. What's the deal with Collins? Is he a must-start guy going forward? I like him this week. I nearly made him our start of the week for week you number didn't? 11. I didn't. Uh, just the the change in defense coordinator for the uh, Bengals and who knows what's happening with the quarterback situation for Baltimore kind of give me a little bit of pause. But uh, I think he's got a chance to be a, a solid starter for you this week because Cincinnati is so bad. If he comes out of this game with a good, if not great, workload, forget about what the production ends up being. As, uh, you, you have some caveats here. You know, who's the quarterback? What's Ty Montgomery's role? Do they use three guys now instead of two? So it, it it's certainly something that can be very positive for Alex Collins. And last year, remember, he closed the season strong. But there's also a lot of ifs. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, would you rather have Alex Collins or uh, Duke Johnson rest of the season in PPR? Collins. I'll take Collins. I think Collins probably should have been one of our by lows. And I expect he's going to have a very good finish to the year. He just, he gets nine to 12 carries in five of his last six games. You know, that's, if, if they would give him 15 carries, man, he'd be set up for a huge finish. They, they are hopeful of getting Stanley and Hurst back on their offensive line. You know, two guys who've been banged up and missing time. Uh, and we had this conversation yesterday. Does Lamar Jackson, if he does take over the starting job, help or hurt Alex Collins? Typically what we see with running quarterbacks is they help the run game because of the threat of, you know, those guys getting out of the pocket. So, the hope would be is that Jackson getting the full-time job as opposed to just the the few reps that he gets throughout the course of a game will maybe open some things up for Collins. Look, he's their most talented rusher. You know, he may not be their most talented running back in terms of what he does as a pass catcher. I think he is, but, you know, maybe they use Ty Montgomery a little bit more. Maybe they do continue to give, you know, the, the touchdown dive to Buck Allen. Just the, those are the things that kind of, you know, are, are, are dragging him down as opposed to, you know, us elevating him or, or the Ravens elevating him where he could be. And finally... Yeah, I'll skip around. Yeah, what's the deal? And what's the deal with people who play into week 17? What's up with those people? Heath, what do you think? I, I appreciate all of our listeners. Oh especially, yeah, right. Especially the this, ones you kick out of leagues all the time. This is a good time to say, especially the, uh, the listeners that, uh, send me beer. Oh, did people, so I'd like to thank, you? uh, Brewdog. Fantastic brewery in, uh, in Ohio and, uh, makes exceptional beer. I enjoyed some last night. All right. That's this week's segment 
of what's the deal with. <laughs> News and notes. Carolina wide receiver Torrey Smith did not practice. Uh, I guess maybe that impacts DJ Moore or something. San Francisco is sticking with Nick Mullins. John Harbaugh is hopeful that Joe Flacco can play this week. Evan Ingram came off the field a lot, you know, so, uh, we talked about Ingram yesterday on the waiver wire show. He might be available. He's got the Bucks. He's got a great matchup. Uh, the Giants definitely wanted to run the ball more out of their bye and Ingram's snaps were a little bit lower. I don't know if it really matters because you're looking at targets more than snaps, I think. But, uh, Tampa Bay linebacker Levante David has a sprained MCL. He could miss some time. Arizona right guard Justin Pugh is out for the year. Kiki QT expects to play this week. Ryan Tannehill threw without pain. He might be able to come back after the bye week. And Green Bay-Seattle is a game we are previewing later today. Green Bay is really beat up defensively. On Monday, five defensive starters would not have been able to practice if they had actually practiced on Monday. Uh, Kevin King is very important to them. He's a cornerback for them. Uh, he might play, but their safety, Kentrell Bryce, is unlikely to play. Inside linebacker Blake Martinez will probably play through an injury, but outside linebacker Nick Perry, cornerback Rashad Breland, uh, and, of course, Kevin King. you got to keep an eye on them. Meanwhile, um, yeah, go ahead. We've actually got an update on that. Bryce, Cobb, King, and Nick Perry did not make the trip to Seattle. Oh, uh, well, that is, bi- that is a big deal for Russell Wilson, guys, isn't it? Just depends, you know. I, I think game flow is going to be really important here for for Wilson. I, I can't imagine there are a lot of people sitting him at this point, you know, just given what the numbers have been. However, he's been getting it done. Well, fine then for like Lockett or Baldwin, whichever wide receiver you want. To I mean, start. you, you got to start Lockett at this point. It's just it, it's impossible to get away from what his production has been. And then Baldwin, I still think is a number three receiver, but you should feel a little bit more encouraged by it. All right, Jimmy Graham, I guess did make the trip. Uh, he was not on the list of names that didn't make the trip. Okay, so. What do we got coming up? Oh, I wanted to talk Dynasty. We don't talk Dynasty enough. So we will get into some Dynasty value for Le'Veon Bell, for James Conner. We'll do some regulating a little bit later. FantasyFootball at CBSI.com. That's our email address. Uh, but I know people keep asking about schedules. So I will just do this really quickly here. A reminder of what we talked about last week. Here are quarterbacks who have good either remaining schedules or playoff schedules. Fantasy playoff schedules. Cam Newton. Drew Brees, Joe Flacco, Russell Wilson, and Baker Mayfield. Cam, Brees, Flacco, Wilson, Mayfield. Good schedules. Bad schedule, schedules, excuse me. Matthew Stafford, brutal playoff schedule with Arizona, Buffalo, both on the road, and then Minnesota at home. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has kind of a tough playoff schedule, and in his toughest matchups, he has been human and not superhuman. Uh, running backs, Philip Lindsay, Joe Mixon, David Johnson, they stand out as having very good playoff schedules. Lindsey, Mixon, and David Johnson. Bad running back schedules. Really, this was tough to find, and Heath and I didn't even agree on this. It was Kenyon Drake, uh, who has New England, Minnesota, and Jacksonville in the playoffs. And Heath says, well, they're going to be trailing, so he'll catch some passes, which is a good point. Maybe. Yeah, I said that before last week. It's true. He did have a shoulder injury last week, I think, but came back. Uh, good tight end schedules. Ben Watson. Tampa Bay, Carolina, and Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Jared Cook and David Njoku. Watson, Cook, and Njoku. And then the DSTs is what I get asked about the most. The best uh, the best DSTs for the fantasy postseason, Redskins, Titans, Lions, Patriots, Broncos, Jaguars, Vikings. I saw the Vikings available in like three of my leagues yesterday. Um, Redskins, Titans, Lions, Patriots, Broncos, Jaguars, Vikings. I, you know, I I think it's too early to stash DSTs unless you have a really deep roster. But people keep asking, so I'll keep telling them. You want to talk Dynasty now, guys? Yeah. All right, let's do it. So here's your tweet of the day from Will Brinson. You know Will. Le'Veon Bell's next team up at uh. Uh, the odds. Odds on Le'Veon Bell's next team are up at betonline.ag. The Jets are three to one. The Raiders are five to one. The Eagles seven to one. And on and on. But the Jets are the favorite right now. So what is the dynasty value in your opinion for Le'Veon Bell who will be 27 years old next year? And let's, um, give me like a quick 30 second thought on each of these guys I throw at you. I'm going to be updating my dynasty rankings in the next week or two. I was just looking at Le'Veon Bell 
Right now I have him 16th at running back. He probably won't stay at 16th, but it'd be somewhere in that range, I would say. He's not a number one running back for dynasty purposes, but I think he's still a number two. It's obviously going to depend on where he signs. You know, if right. he signs with the Jets or Raiders, that's going to clearly be a negative to his fantasy value moving forward. If he signs with one of the teams that was on the list was the Colts. If he ends up in Indianapolis, that'll be a big boost to his fantasy value. I think Tampa Bay is also one of the teams that's mentioned that. That would be an okay landing spot for him. Um, but you know, it, it's, you know, is he, is he the guy? Cause he's always been the guy or is he in a timeshare? I, I don't think if he goes to Indy, for example, they're just all of a sudden saying, okay, Marlon Mack, you're done. Oh, he's going to be the guy. Huh? He's well, going to be the, the guy. This is the thing. No, the, part of his complaint was the workload. Well, he doesn't want 300 something carries. Sure. But, but, but is, is he going to become, you know, closer to, you know, I don't know, closer to where he is or, you know, a little bit less of where he has been throughout his career? Or is he going to be, you know, Aaron Jones where he's, uh, you know, 15 touches? He could obviously be great in those 15 touches in the right situation. I think if anybody, everybody who's going to sign Le'Veon Bell is going to give him a lot of money and they are absolutely not going to use him for 15 touches a game. They are not going to give him the workload that he had in Pittsburgh because he was really pissed about that. Sure, I I would would agree with that, but I, I think it's just, again, you know, is he going to end up in a situation where he's with somebody who's got some level of talent? Yeah. All right. So I mean, who, who's better in dynasty right now, James Conner or Le'Veon Bell? Conner. Conner for sure. Okay. Next guy up. How about Antonio Brown? Where is he in dynasty in your opinion? Top 10 receiver, not number one. Yeah. Coming into the year, I had him at number three at receiver. Um, I, I think he's probably still in the top seven or eight. The interesting thing is, would you rather have Juju or Antonio Brown in, in Dynasty? I would still rather have Brown. I, I Brown to me is almost tied to Roethlisberger. You know, to, not to rehash what we just talked about a little while ago. But if Ben does retire in the next year or two, I think that's when Brown just hits the floor, and he may be be done too. But I I think you you still get more value out of Brown next year, two years from now, three years from now, probably Juju. But I would take it with him on a year to year basis. Rob Gronkowski in Dynasty, is he the number three Dynasty tight end in your opinion, or are there others that would jump him? He's not the number three tight end. No, I'd definitely put Kittle ahead of him. I'd put O.J. Howard ahead of him, too. Would you put Hunter Henry? Where is Hunter Henry for you? That's probably a good comp. I would say a healthy Hunter Henry is probably ahead of him. Yeah, I'd rather have Hunter Henry. I mean, it is possible that Rob Gronkowski is just breaking down and... On, 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 not just the back nine, but like the 18th hole. I went to Top Golf last week and know what I'm talking about. I mean, you, you could have, you know, the, the two underlying situations that we had in the offseason. Was he going to retire? And were they going to trade him because they knew he was done? And I think the story is basically they, tr- they wanted to trade him and he said he was going to retire if they did. Uh, Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Let's talk about them in Dynasty. Gallup, Gallup's stock had to have taken a hit, right? Huge. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> um, but it looks like Cooper might be in a good spot. What do you think about these guys? Um, how, are you excited to own Cooper and Gallup in Dynasty? I mean, I own Gallup in the Dynasty League, and I'm not excited about it anymore. Same here. Yeah, I would say Cooper is a a number two. He's still really young, but he, he's a he's a, in the teens at wide receiver. Yep. And Gallup's probably in the. 30s? Have we given up on on Cooper being a star? He's not going to be an upper echelon receiver. He's going to be a star. Like, I would put him in the like career path peak Emmanuel Sanders. How about Jarek McKinnon in Dynasty? In 25 to 30 range? Yeah. I I think I've got him 28 right now. Oh, you have uh, you have uh, updated. I you do this I'm in the, the process year? of updating, so these numbers I give you won't necessarily see be what you see on the site in a week or two, but it's relatively close. It's funny because like the the there's a positive and negative taking you could take away from McKinnon after watching the 49ers this year. The positive is you could see what the upside would have been, how right. they use Brita. Oh yeah. And the negative absolutely. is seeing Brita do it. Yeah, right. And Mostert, I mean they've got they've got a good Yeah, they 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 they've you know, given the fact that they lost their starting quarterback and this is th- these are essentially what the backup running backs 
these are guys that are backup running backs. They've they've gotten good production out of these guys. Yeah, I think like some guys that are interesting with with McKinnon is like, would you rather have McKinnon or the Atlanta backs? Right, because Coleman's a free agent. Well, it's funny you mention that because I'm in a keeper league where I'm out of it. Yeah. I'm hanging on by thread to make the playoffs, but I picked up Edo Smith last night to stash. We yeah. Keep, we keep four guys. He may be one of my four guys because if Freeman's not right and, and Coleman walks and they don't bring in anybody, you could be looking at Edo Smith as not necessarily the guy there, but in a good situation. And in that same league, I held on to TJ Eldon because he's in a walk year and can end up in a good situation somewhere else. All not right. again, not a star. But you see what his upside could be when he gets a little bit of a featured role. All right. Well, uh, we got coming up, we got some regulators. We got Green Bay, Seattle. We got a bunch of your tweets, your emails, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Let me talk to you about hymns, all right? 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. Uh Uh-oh, I am 34. 66% 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. That's amazing. You need to really be proactive about this because when you start to notice hair loss, it's too late. It's much easier to keep the hair that you have than to replace the hair that you've lost. And that's why we've got 4 slash FFT for you. 4 slash FFT. First thing you should do is just go to the website. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash F-F-T. And just look around. And you're going to see a lot of things on forhims.com. It's not just hair loss. It's hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. It's a, a one-stop shop for guys uh, to, you know, to, to take a look at what you might need. And in order to help you with hair loss, we're giving you a great offer, a trial month of hymns for just $5. If you sign up right now while supplies last Go to forhims.com slash FFT, something that would ordinarily cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. You just go to forhims.com slash FFT and you get a $5 trial month. And what you're getting, you're not getting snake oil pills. You're not getting gas station counter supplements. You're getting well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. There's no waiting room, no awkward in-person doctor visits. You save hours by going to forhims.com slash FFT. Just answer a few quick questions. A doctor will review and can prescribe you, and the products are shipped directly to your door. One more time, forhims.com slash FFT for a $5 trial month. Well, then... People still have commissioner issues, wouldn't you know it? And we still need to regulate. Let's mount up. Mark in the submarine capital of the world. I am in sixth place in a battle for the last spot in the playoffs with Team A, who's in fifth place. Team B in ninth place. Huh? Team B in ninth place has been slacking on his lineup this year and has had Numerous players on by or injured in his starting lineup all year. I noticed that Team B still has Michael Crabtree in his starting lineup last week, and he's facing Team A. And remember, this guy, Mark, is is chasing Team A. Um, but Team B still has Crabtree in his lineup. So I text Team B, and I suggest he pick up Sterling Shepard and drop Crabtree. He agrees and does exactly that. Shepard's touchdown at the end of the game results in Team B beating Team A by point zero zero four points. Four one-hundredths of a point. Should I feel bad about this since Team A would have had a victory if I didn't intercede? What do you think? I don't think you should feel bad about it. Heath, you want to jump in there? I don't think you should feel bad about it. Um, I mean, like if we get into the technicality of this, you are helping another fantasy owner in your league. And he would have lost if you didn't intercede. Right. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't feel bad about it. It's always a question of whose responsibility it is, you know? Does the commissioner say, hey, set your lineup? Does another owner do it? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I know I've been area. in situations in the past where I've looked in, in key playoff matchups and I've seen somebody that may have someone on their bench that I think is going to help their roster. And if they win, they're going to help me out. And I'm gonna say, hey man, put this guy in. Really? I, I, that's not as a commissioner, that's just as a, somebody else in the same league. That, that's a lot to, like, I mean. That's not cool. It's very close to collusion. Why yeah. is it collusion? Uh, you're working together with another team. No benefit to you. Well, there's a benefit to me. That's true. 
Well, that's part of that's collusion. part of collusion. <laughs> but I, I don't think that's collusion, though. I mean, you're trying to make sure your situation, like, I, I mean, NFL teams aren't going to call aren't going to call each other, but you have coaches that talk that are friends. This is a big gray area, but I think okay. I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm all right with it. Collusion de- by definition is secret or illegal cooperation or conspiracy, especially in order to cheat or deceive others. But I don't think that's. I don't cheating, think. Though. Yeah, I don't think this quite. There's no cheat. There definitely is secret and cooperation. All right, so you two guys are playing each other, right? Uh-huh. Adam's out of the playoffs. Heath and I are competing for a playoff spot. If I look at Adam's roster and say, Adam, forget about the job that we do, just as friends. That's that's the hard part because we do this more because most of our leagues we're in with a bunch of guys that don't do this job. Of course. But if friend to friend, hey, I think – uh Alex Collins has a really good shot this week against the Bengals. Maybe you want to consider playing him over Lamar Miller. You know, I didn't really think about that. Thanks for the suggestion. Yeah, That's I know. Collusion? It's, it's um, No, I don't think so. I think I'm okay with it. I think I'm going to let it ride. And this has been regulated. Now, I understand people looking at us doing this because it's our job. Right. But, we, I mean, if we play in leagues, you got to understand that we're playing to win just like you are. Oh, yeah. All right, Green Bay's at Seattle. Stat of the game number one. Nine running backs have had 12 or more carries against the Packers. All of them have scored eight or more fantasy points. This isn't great, but it's a nice little floor. Nine great. running backs have had 12 or more carries against the Packers, and all of them have scored eight or more fantasy points. Which Seahawks yeah. running back is going to get 12 or more I, carries? You tell me. The, the running backs, I mean, Aaron Rod, Aaron Jones, people are going to start. Um, stat of the game number two, by the way, if you look at Aaron Jones— Running backs have scored six rushing touchdowns against Seattle, and Todd Gurley has four of them. But still, you're going to start Aaron Jones. Uh, are you going to start any Seattle running backs? I would start Carson as at least a flex in non-PPR, and I would start Mike Davis as at least a flex in PPR. In two of the last three games for the Packers, a running back has caught at least six passes. Now They were Todd Gurley and James White. This is a little bit of a different level. Oh, yeah. But Davis in his last two games has scored at least 11 PPR points with just his receiving totals alone. You have to, though, in the back of your mind, think this is a disaster with Penny being so good last week. With all three of them playing well, like this could be really scary, right? I mean, Well, they had a game, what was it, against, uh, I'll tell you in a second, where Uh, all three guys got work. And it was ugly. And it was with Carson in the middle of his nice little stretcher. Oh, it's probably the one where Carson got hurt then, no? No. They were all healthy. It was the Oakland game. So Carson had just come back. They played the Rams. Both Davis and Carson played well. And then they go into Oakland and they smash the Raiders 27-3. to Penny had nine carries for 43 yards, two catches for 27 yards. Carson had 14 carries for 59 yards. And Davis had six for 21 and one for five. Ugh, that's no good. I think this, there might this have been is what some this game feels like. Except I obviously there. don't expect the Packers to score just three points. Right. All right. So Carson's your favorite in non PPR, and Davis is your favorite in PPR. Jamie, is that what you said? Yes, I I agree yeah. with that. I have Carson at twenty six as the highest Seahawks running back in non PPR. I have Davis at thirty in in PPR. Right. So let's see if we can get away from him. Um, like Alex Collins, for sure. Yes. Uh, Kevin Coleman. Yes. yes. Tariq Cohen. Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis. Easy. Okay. All right. So we'll see if we can get away from those guys. Uh, more on this game. Which quarterback do you like better? Uh, Rogers. Rogers, by I think one spot. Which quarterbacks would you start over these guys? Um, Wentz, Goff, Mahomes, Breeze. Okay. Cam. All right, yeah, you have so Jamie has Rogers. Everybody's got Rogers eighth. Wilson is tenth for Jamie, seventh for Dave, and Heath. Where do you have Russell Wilson? Fourteenth. You're sitting Wilson. Yeah, I'm not like I would. There's only one quarterback who's available that I would start over him, and it's Eli. Right, but you know we roster three quarterbacks sometimes, so. Um, you are going to have to make... Do we still have three quarterbacks no, on that roster? we don't. We don't have Russell Wilson. But you are going to have to make some decisions. Um, does it, Who has Fitzpatrick ahead of Wilson? I do. Not me. 
All right. Yeah, Heath has a lot of people ahead of Russell Wilson. So Aaron Jones, like him or love what, him? What what point are you going to say this is just he's good? He is awesome. I'm not saying he's not good, but I'm I'm there will be no point in next year if he does it for half the season, I might accept that he's going to have a 10% touchdown rate. But at no point this year am I going to accept that Russell Wilson's going to throw a touchdown pass every seven or eight passes. Okay. Uh yeah, like, he, he... I, or any other quarterback. It has nothing to do with Russell Wilson. No, I get it. Uh, but he's running again, though. Aaron Jones, like or love? Love. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> well, he loves I'm forever him indebted to him for what he did for me last week. I don't want to jinx it, but Jamie has been on some start of the week run here. You jinxed it. Yeah, I, I know. Who is the start of the week? Oh, it hasn't been released yet. No, I'm Philip Lindsay. Okay. Who do you like better, Aaron Jones or Philip Lindsay? I <laughs> I have Lindsay one spot ahead of Jones, so I even like him more um, than Jamie does. Right. Okay. Um, what else we got here? So uh, Devonte Adams, you're starting. How about Marquez Valdez Scantling? Six catches, 44 yards on seven targets. I looked at teams that have multiple good wide receivers who have faced the Seahawks, and um, they've done pretty well. Seattle's faced five teams with multiple good wide receivers, in my opinion. In four of those five games, two wide receivers. Scored nine or more fantasy points in non-PPR. Sanders Two of those were the Rams, right? Uh, yeah, Sanders and Thomas had big games. Cup and Woods had big games. Marvin Jones had a big game. Uh, Tate did not. He did in PPR, I guess, but not. That was the one team that didn't produce like that. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Tyrell Williams all had eight or more fantasy points in non-PPR. And then, yeah, the Rams again. Uh, so what do you think about Valdez Scantling? I'm starting him. 100%. Oh, yeah, back going back to him? Yep. I mean, look. Anytime a guy has six catches in a game, you know he's involved and going to continue to get his share of targets and, and production. He just the, – the streak ended sure. of 100 yards or a touchdown. So it's the first time in four games that he had not one of those two stats. Happen. I actually like him more than I did last week, How is crazy. How about comparing Valdez Scantling to the Seahawks receivers? I like him more than all of them. I would start Lockett over him, but that's very close. They're the same type of guy in essence. I don't think either one's going to get double digits in targets. They're not going to be high-volume catch guys most weeks. I mean, Valdez Scantling did last week, but, um, you know, Lockett's been very successful. Would you start a wide receiver in this game that's not Devontae Adams or Marlon Mack? I feel more comfortable with Lockett and Valdez Scantling than I do Mack this week. Against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Okay. Certainly PPR. How about, like, Dalvin Closer Cook against the Bears? How about who, I'm sorry? Dalvin Cook against the Bears at the Bears. Uh, they're kind of similar. I like Cook a little bit more than than the receivers, but I like Valdez Scantling more than Cook. All right, so we're pretty excited about Valdez Scantling. Good stuff, and um, the tight ends. So, Vanette has a really tough matchup. Doesn't get a lot of targets. Green Bay second fewest fantasy points to tight ends. Have not allowed a touchdown to a tight end this season. I, I'm get, is he even in the top fifteen, Nick Vanette? No, no. Okay, so what about Jimmy Graham against the Seahawks? Is this his first time facing them? Yeah. Ooh. Well, since the trade, obviously. Or since Revenge the, game. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, played there last year. Of course, it's his first time facing Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they are, they allow the fifth fewest points to tight ends. Yeah, um, he, he just, some seems off with him. I don't like him, but there are not a lot, like there aren't streaming options that I like more. The one, the one guy that I struggle with over him is, is Evan Ingram, just because the matchup is so good for him. And as bad as Ingram was last week, he was better than Jimmy Graham. You guys do have Vance McDonald over Jimmy Graham. And I know he's not exactly a streaming option, but he might be available in some leagues. I yeah. would start Vance McDonald over. Yes. What about Jack Doyle or Jimmy Graham? Doyle. Yep. Even in non-PPR? Yep. All right. For me, yes. Yeah, it's close. I mean, look, again, Graham has not exactly been a have-to-start-him-every-week type of guy. You, you know, it's no, not at all. Uh, it's what our colleague Pete Prisco said, drink. It's Drink. FOMO. Graham or Kyle Rudolph? I go Rudolph this week. Uh, and, I, that, and both guys have been terrible. I would go, I think I'd go Graham in non-PPR. And are we sitting the DSTs? Yeah. Okay. Well, that will do it for Thursday night. Man, I hope it's better than last Thursday night, which I was, which I thought was going to be a great game. But uh, it's a good first quarter. 
it was it was a good first quarter. They set a record for the quickest amount of time to score three touchdowns in that game. Um, but I'm hopeful that we'll have a really good one tomorrow night. And i got to tell you about a really good one, a really good sponsor that we have, and I can speak from personal experience on this one, Stamps.com. Go to Stamps.com and enter FFT. Uh, so there's a microphone at the top of the homepage. You're going to click that microphone. You're going to enter FFT, and you are going to get an amazing offer, a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale without long-term commitments. Stamps.com, click the microphone and enter the code FFT. So what is Stamps.com? Well, look, you need to go to the post office. You need to ship some stuff. Holiday season coming right around the corner. Uh, stamps, and post office is not 24-7. Stamps.com is. So when you use Stamps.com, it's going to save you so much time during the hectic holiday season. And Stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Post Office right to your desktop. You can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail using your own computer and printer. And then the mail carrier picks it up so you don't have to move. You don't have to get to the post office, and it could not be easier. Print postage any day, any time. Stamps.com is always open. It not only saves you time, it saves you money because Stamps.com helps you print the right amount of postage every time. Never overpay again. And you can get discounts on postage that you can't even get at the post office. So listen, if you have any shipping to do, this is a perfect option for you. Go to stamps.com, click the microphone on the top right of the homepage, and type in FFT, a four-week trial, plus postage, and a digital scale, no long-term commitments. Enter FFT on stamps.com. All righty, let's see what the people have to say. Tweets about players. This is from the dude. Can I count on Gronk slash Cook at tight end in the playoffs? If I have Gronk and Jared Cook, can I count on them in the playoffs? It's tight end. Um, I think if Gronk's active, you're going to play him in the playoffs, and it'll be fine. Hopefully really good. And I don't think you're going to find a better option than Jared Cook, who has really been disgusting, but still the number five tight end in fantasy and top ten over the last three weeks. I wonder if you can see if somebody has a similar situation to you where they're carrying two tight ends. And if so, maybe the second guy is somebody you could trade for Gronk. Like what I mean is somebody maybe has George Kittle and OJ Howard or um I have Kelsey and Ebron in a couple leagues. Yeah, Kelsey have, and Ebron is like a good example. Uh, trade Howard trade Gronk for Ebron. Yeah, I- would you give up like a solid but not great player, say a Julian Edelman for Rob Gronkowski? I don't like that trade. Then you're pretty Depends down what on you Gronk. Need. You're, you're pretty down on Gronk if that's the case. It's tight end. But, but you just said you have a league Gronkowski. with Kelsey and, and Ebron. Right. If you had Gronk and Ebron, you trade Gronk for Edelman. I would. He's asking if I give up Edelman for Gronk. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, right. Would you give up Edelman for Gronk? Like I, I have one, I, I, I have a similar situation. I have a league where I have Michael Thomas, Tyree Kill, Robert Woods, and Julian Edelman, and I believe my tight end in that league is it might be Jared Cook. So yes, I would do that. Yes, in that league I would too. I guess I'm just asking, like, who gets drafted first, Julian Edelman or Rob Gronkowski, if you were drafting right now? Gronk. I think probably Gronk and non-PPR and Edelman and PPR. Fitzpatrick or Dalton, rest of season. Ooh. I, I think Fitzpatrick has one game left, and he's getting benched. Yeah, but A.J. Green is such a big sway for this. Or he's going to throw for 450 this week and three oh, he, touchdowns. He is going to throw for 450, but he's going to throw three interceptions. <laughs> he's so bad. He may not throw 450 again the rest of the year if he doesn't make it out of the first quarter without a strong performance. I mean, it's a great, it's a good matchup for him. But All right, Fitzpatrick or Dalton? I'll go Fitz. I'll go Fitz also. Is Rex Burkhead worth an ad right now? Deep leagues, yes. What are the odds that Burkhead comes back and wrecks the backfield for the Patriots? 25%. Who do I handcuff for James Conner? Jalen Samuels. Eric Ebron or Greg Olson this week? Ebron. Um, I think I'd take Olson in PPR. I'd take Olson in both. Drop Deontay Foreman or is he still worth a flyer? Job. Yeah. Who can I trust more rest of season, Nick Chubb or Sony Michelle? Chubb. Uh, yeah, for sure. Wow. All right. 
Let me say something here. Yeah. I don't agree. <laughs> Good. I mean, I they're both on by this week, so there's not that. Chubb is awesome, but Sonny Michelle is the lead running back on the Patriots. Is he? Yes. I think he is. Is he not? He's the lead rushing downs guy. And so is Nick Chubb. They both have a pass catching guy. You feel more confident Nick Chubb's getting 18 carries in a week or Sony Michelle? I think their carries will be pretty similar and I think Michelle scores more touchdowns. I feel much more confident in Chubb's volume than I do Michelle's. I feel more confident that if they're at the goal line, Chubb gets the ball than Michelle. Oh, I, I, why? Why wouldn't it be Michelle? Well, we, we had, uh, some conversation that, you know, maybe Cordero Patterson is the guy now. And Tom Why? Brady's more likely to do the goal line sneak, I think, than does, Baker Mayfield is. Does anybody is. remember how great Sony Michelle was? Well, I think I think you have to build that into this. Is that how healthy is he? Uh, like I think it's Sony Michelle has twelve more carries than Nick Chubb on the year. On the year. On the year. That's impressive. He has twelve more carries than Nick Chubb. I would have thought it's a lot more. He has a hundred and hundred and twenty six less yards and one less touchdown. And Adam, go back to last year. Who was the best running back at the goal line for the Patriots? It was Burkhead. Right. Yeah. All right. I mean, I, I think I feel like Sony Michelle is a good buy low candidate right now. I, I would agree. I don't think this is really a knock on Michelle. No, I, Chubb's a top ten running back. And and Michelle's top fifteen. It's to me it just if they're both on the same team, I'd take Chubb. I just have a lot more faith in the but they, Patriots. but they've been on their teams that they're on right now, and Chubb has been way better. Yeah, than I don't Michelle. think he, he has, has but he's he's look. If he's going to rip off ninety-six yard touchdown runs, then it's a different story. If you take out the ninety-six yard touchdown run, he still has more yards than Michelle. Okay, but I, I'm sorry, it's still a small sample size. I'm going to take the guy who, up before he got injured, was looking like first round pick caliber player. Now they both are. I honestly, I don't. I mean, it's splitting hairs to me. I. Yeah, I don't think the team should have really much of an impact on it, to be honest with you. It's just going with the guy on the on one of the better offenses in the NFL. Against well, would you take Sony Michelle or Saquon Barkley? I would take Barkley because Barkley has the second most catches among running backs. He's over 60 catches. Nick Chubb's not doing that. Like if the Browns – you don't have to worry about game script with Sony Michelle in most weeks. If the Browns or are Nick trailing – But I will, like, I will say also Chubb had three catches last week. Sony Michelle has four in the season. That is true. I don't expect either to have more than two per week, I guess, but he did have three last week, Nick Chubb. All right, can I trust Ryan Fitzmagic? Over under two catches for Michelle rest of season. I don't think that Nick Chubb is going to do anything in the passing game really significant. Well, since Freddie Kitchens has taken over, he's been more involved in the passing game. In one game? Well, two. He, no, okay, what, do I really have to look this up? What are his receiving totals the last two weeks? Last week he had three catches on a receiving touchdown. So he had one catch for five yards in week nine. He had three catches for 33 yards and a touchdown against, oh, the Atlanta Falcons. Maybe the best matchup for pass catching running backs. All right. Anyway, they're both great. Um, where are we here? Uh, can I trust Ryan Fitzpatrick or should I pick up Mariota? I'd pick up Mariota. I would, I would not want Ryan Fitzpatrick to be my only quarterback. Like I still think he has a lot of upside, but I don't want him to be my only option. What you could do is just pick up Fitzpatrick and Jameis and just handcuff him. Is Dalvin you know Cook, this offense is going to produce a lot of yards. It's not a bad idea. Is Dalvin Hopefully Cook back to being time. a must-start running back? Who, I'm sorry? Dalvin Cook. Yes. He's very close to a must-start running back. I mean, there are guys that I think you – he's top 20 for me this week. Yeah, this might be his toughest matchup. Uh Ridley, MVS, or Corey Davis, rest of season? Corey Davis. I'll go Valdez Scanlon. And finally, from Kelly, this might be a stupid question, but if you had to pick between James Conner and Nick Chubb rest of season, who would it be? Conner. Yeah, I I would go with Conner still. It's close. Well then. What do you say we do some regulate? Yeah. From Michael. Michael said, oh, this is Fantasy Regulators Part 2, Testing Heath's Ability to Empathize. We're going to see if Heath has any... we got a problem. Because I... <laughs> <laughs> We're going to see if there's any empathy there. Uh, all right. Michael says, hey, Ryan, Colin, Wayne, and Aisha. I didn't know who Aisha was, but those that would be whose line is it anyway? Funny show. 
Oh, Aisha Tyler, right? I don't never seen Aisha Tyler. I'm put in an awkward situation in my league. First off, I'm playing the commissioner of our league who started Taylor Gabriel and got zero points. So this is obviously from Sunday. After the 1 p.m. games were finished, the commissioner said that he wanted to start Danny Amendola, who hadn't played yet, instead of Taylor Gabriel. But he got distracted because his father got hurt on Saturday and was in the hospital all weekend. He even posted a photo of his father. I obviously feel for him because of his father, and that is clearly more important than fantasy football. But I don't think he should be allowed to manually change his roster after a player was locked in. He has had Amendola for a couple of weeks now, so he could have made the change all week. By swapping in Amendola, uh, I will probably lose. I don't know what the end result was, side note. So I will come off biased anyways. But am I in the right, or am I a terrible person who should just allow this transaction to happen? You know, I feel sorry for the commissioner's father, and I hope that everything's better, and he's feeling better now. And um, I, I, I don't think the commissioner put you in a very good spot, because you're going to look like a jerk. But you should not have to do this. There's there's no reason you should have to allow him to make this change, and he shouldn't be asking you to. Okay, well he's I'll... using his father's situation to manipulate yeah. a, a scenario that should not be manipulated. I feel empathy for you, Michael. <laughs> for the for the guy who whose father's not in the hospital. Yes. Well, I mean, look, okay. it, it we, we all have things that go on in our lives, and you know, it, it'd be one thing if he was like. If he would have te- sent a message to the league or, or texted them, hey, listen, I left Taylor, you know, during the game, I left Taylor Gabriel in by accident. I hope it's okay. You know, my dad, blah, 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 that I, that I swapped this out before you see the end result, no matter what the end result may be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I, I think you do not let him make the change. And Heath, I'll give you some, I'll give you some empathy points there. All right. Josh from a London sur- suburb says, chaps, help me regulate. Oh, what? I forgot the music. Chaps, help me regulate. I'm the commissioner of two leagues. One is Redraft and one is Dynasty. I have one person who is in both of my leagues, Redraft and Dynasty. He dropped Cooper Cup late last night, dot, 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 in the Dynasty League. He said that he expects no action and doesn't want a fuss made. However, you and I and everyone will know, he, this is what this guy who dropped Cup said. You and I and everyone will know I would never knowingly let a second-year wideout go in a dynasty league. I got leagues confused because I felt I needed a rush before waiver wire was announced. He is off- he is officially and publicly asked to retract his error. A couple of people from the league have already bristled at the suggestion. I might erase the error. Do I show a kind heart, or is this a big boy league? Josh, I think you can answer that. Is this a big boy league, or is this the type of league where you have guys who make mistakes like this and you look at them and feel empathy and realize that they aren't as good as fantasy as everybody else and you don't want to penalize them and so you give them their players back i mean i know that jamie is a guy with a big heart and he often fixes mistakes like this for people that don't really pay attention as much or make, are or prone to making make these types of mistakes mistakes that can and be made so um like you just decide is it a big boy league or is it an azer league <laughs> Obviously, you know that I would give him Cooper Cup back in the Dynasty League. I mean, Cooper Cup is so valuable in a Dynasty League. Are we really going to let this guy not have Cooper Cup because he dropped him in the wrong league? In my opinion, no. I give him back. Thank you, Jamie. And this has been regulated. One more. Eric from D.C. Dear Judy, Reinhold, and Dredd. Those are judges. Those are judges. I need the regulators to help save our startup keeper league. It's a 10-team league. It's half PPR with four keepers. Today, the following trade was accepted in our league. The first place team gives DJ Moore, D.D. Westbrook, and a 2019 first-round pick to the last place team. So D.J. Moore, D.D. Westbrook, and a 2019 first-round pick to the last place team for David Johnson and Dalvin Cook. What? Yeah. Even worse, with the way the commissioner decided to handle keeper values and trades, the first place team can keep Johnson and Cook for last round picks. Yeah. The league is set up for veto by commissioner. However, none of us have ever vetoed a trade before, and the commissioner is worried that he can't veto unfair trades because there wasn't an explicit rule against them before the season started. Instead, he wants to change the keeper rules to try and limit the damage of this trade, but in a way that would hurt a lot of the other teams. Help us out here. Can the commissioner veto this bananas trade? Should we put it to a league vote or just pull a Heath and kick everyone out of the league? 
Well, you've got a really bad rule here. And the bad rule is that they get to keep Johnson and Cook for their two last round picks. I don't know how that ever comes about. Yeah, but if t- someone is traded because in a keeper league. Westbrook and Moore were picked up off waivers and they were the that, ones that he traded that, away. That's so irrelevant it's a terrible, to where David Johnson it is and a terrible ru- Yeah, it's a terrible rule. Completely irrelevant. And the rule should be that if you trade for a player, they are kept at the value they were drafted at. Yeah. So David Johnson and Dalvin Cook, I would assume, got, would cost a first and a second round pick next year. It's still a, a bad, an unfair trade, but at least in that situation, um, it's not t- like ruining the league forever. So that's what you would do? You would change that? Well, I think you need a uh, 100% vote to change a rule midseason, and I cannot imagine the guy who just received David Johnson and Dalvin Cook is going to vote yes for that. But that's what the way it should be in the future. God, this is such an awful trade. Oh, boy. So what do we do, Jamie? You have to reverse the trade. Veto it. I'm in. Veto the trade. And, and, yeah, I mean, look, it, it stinks, but we've had two examples in leagues that we're in where this had to happen. Or, I'm sorry, one that I was in, one that we were all in. Or you're not in, Adam, but Heath and I were in, where last place team was trading with their first place team, or playoff contending team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you could, if you're a last place team trading with a first place team in a keeper league or a dynasty league, that's fine. But this totally. is just a terrible trade and needs to be vetoed, and that's why vetoes are great. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will talk to you on Thursday. I got Thursday. one more trade, though. Oh, what, what was it? I'm going to trade this podcast for something else. Got to go back. Start or sit for the AFC home games tomorrow. Adios. Veto vetoes. <laughs>